1: 18 plus. We're speaking with Leslie Banatine, who is one of the country's foremost authorities on Halloween and has written extensively on it. Fiction and nonfiction, I guess. And thank you for being with us.
0: I'm happy to be here.
1: You have are having I won't say have had because you're still having a very interesting life. And you've you've written extensively on Halloween. How did you come to care so much about Halloween?
0: Um, I always loved Halloween as a kid. And I loved it as a young adult. I was throwing Halloween parties, and I had a friend who was a literary agent who said there's a publishing house in New York City called Facts on File, and they're buying holiday books. There's two holidays left. You can make a proposal for Halloween or Election Day. And I went, hmm, Halloween? wrote a proposal sold a book and then spent the next three or four years writing a history of American Halloween
1: so that you've given the short version of something that's pretty hard to do that's get get published first you were you were really into Halloween and putting on Halloween parties so that your friend noticed
0: yeah were they extensive yeah.
1: Halloween parties
0: they they were moderate Halloween parties but yes people did know that I loved Halloween
1: so it was not every holiday you did parties for but you Halloween. did big parties for Halloween. And you've always <laughs> yeah. loved it as a kid as an adult.
0: Absolutely. As a kid, I loved it. There was nothing better. It was a time when I was a kid you could trick-or-treat without adults. And so it was being out in the dark by yourself with your friends in a costume running around. There's something just really wonderful about it. That so
1: you sort of answered my question, what was attractive about yeah. it. It's the freedom. With your friends in the dark in a costume mm-hmm. running around. Yeah, freedom. Getting,
0: and getting candy. It was just and getting candy. In, do you, do you yeah. kind of
1: get off on the an- anonymity?
0: Um, I love that. When you I do, did love that. When you
1: do costumes, do you cover your face or do you not?
0: Now I don't. Did you but, used to? Yeah, as a kid I did. Yeah.
1: What kind of? Did you have those old <laughs> cheap plastic masks? That cut, I did have cut one. You, cut your face. Yes. I um, hated those.
0: What we would uh, call back then a gypsy. I remember that with the big gold earrings, big gold plastic earrings and the plastic face and a rayon dress uh, but I thought it was glamorous
1: I'm sure you were <laughs> and what community was this in where
0: southern Connecticut right outside Bridgeport Connecticut
1: hmm. and how'd you end up here college college and stay that happens yeah. a lot yeah now you uh you have a record you've set concerning I have a Guinness large, world record Guinness uh, world record yes I do. tell me about that
0: I have a Guinness World Record for the largest Halloween party, which I set in 2007 with a very small number of friends. 63. It didn't take as, many, 63. Doesn't
1: take as many as you'd think. No. Because no one had bothered to do that before.
0: No one had done it before. So I, I went through the proper Guinness channels and I got the recorder there and you have to get a lawyer. And then we just marched, we were all dressed as witches and we marched into the center of Davis Square and. Count it off and. Um,
1: do you hang out in Davis Square? Yeah. Okay. I was there the other day. I, I, I like it myself. So, what is the procedure to get a record in the book, in the Guinness book? You need to come up with something and then contact them. What's the initial conversation like?
0: You, it's an application.
1: So, you just, you could you, make you a would proposal. do it online now, right?
0: Yeah. You make a proposal. And then are they. Are there any
1: rules that you remember?
0: Mm, there are rules. I just remember. Yes, there are. World- you have to get it certified, and that's why the lawyer is there. Okay. And they have to approve it first, and it's, it's very strict guidelines. You have a very small window that you, you propose you do it and you must do it. Then.
1: Within a small window of time.
0: And then you have to have everyone who participates sign and register. So they have an f- official record of how many people were there and who they were. Where's
1: the register? On site?
0: Uh, no, that, well, I remember an actual physical paper that I had to send in.
1: So you had a paper and you had everybody sign it. Right. And there was a lawyer and a, who certified it.
0: Yep. And then it goes to Guinness and they either say you got the record or not. And when you get the record, they send you that um, certificate that I'm sure you've seen other people have.
1: I uh, no, I haven't seen that. How long did your record stand?
0: Two years, Two years, which is amazing to me. And it was broken by a nonprofit in Pennsylvania with something like 300 people. Why and would then, they want to do
1: that to you? And why if <laughs> nobody thought of it before, was all of a sudden, somebody so eager to break your record. Did they happen to see yours and say, we yes, can beat that? They
0: publish it. So once they publish it on their site and in their books, uh, everybody sees it and so, everybody goes and for it.
1: Everybody said, Oh my God, that would be easy to beat.
0: Exactly. And I think I think now the record is held in Leeds, England, and it was a rock festival. And they were but all
1: dressed as witches?
0: No, no, no. They're just all kind of Halloween. So what
1: was your record? Most witches or most or just um, I was
0: going for most witches, but um they gave me Halloween because no one had done Halloween. Is there most witches? I don't think you might so. want to
1: maybe there's <laughs> Re- not at all. And you that. could you could probably do it with a fairly <laughs> low number of witches.
0: You might be able to.
1: Okay. And you've written five books on Halloween. You did yes. a children's book, and you did uh, one that views the holiday through the eyes of its celebrants. You've really written um, a lot about Halloween. What does yeah. that mean? Halloween Through the Nation. eyes of its celebrants. Well, through the eyes of the kid?
0: No. It's adults. It was Halloween Nation, behind the scenes of American Fright Night. So I went out and talked to people who grew giant pumpkins, carved pumpkins, made Pumpkin beer. I went to zombie festivals, talked to makeup artists, tattoo artists, um, hard rock bands, um, ghost hunters, uh, ghost believers, witches.
1: And you have a book on how to costumes? Yes. Like how to make Halloween costumes?
0: How to, yeah, parties, costumes, decorations.
1: That's a great idea. What's was, the name of that one?
0: That's a Halloween how to.
1: A Halloween how to? You've read. Have you exhausted the Halloween genre or do you have something else coming up?
0: Halloween keeps changing. So I do keep my eye on it, but I don't have another book in the
1: works. How does it keep changing? In what way?
0: Since I started writing was uh, 1990 and it was adults were getting back into Halloween, but now they're super back into Halloween and Halloween has become more, I don't know, visually dangerous. It's been more kind of more bloody, more graphic, more More violent, more gory. More sexy, and there's all sorts of contention about costumes and yeah, celebrations that. and things like that. Well, you know, that. one
1: thing that really enters into it now, rightly or wrongly, is a cultural. Or what do you call it, Rob? I'm spacing out.
0: Appropriation. Appropriation.
1: There it is. Yeah. 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 She got it before you did, Rob. <laughs> cultural appropriation, right? Right. right. Is that a, that's a problem? For Halloween, right? That this means you. Happens. What does that exactly mean? Does that mean I can't go as a China per, Chinese person? That's I can't right. go as any other as a representative of any other culture. I cannot do that.
0: I think it goes to intent and context, but some people would say, yeah.
1: Okay, well, the intent yeah. and context would be
0: to entertain. Halloween and have fun. supplies yeah.
1: some of the context, and I suppose is it is it like the Frito bandito? Which portrays a a culture as maybe goofy, I guess, or as a bandito for one thing. I mean, you think the frito, If you win as a frito bandito, would that cause trouble now? Probably would, right?
0: It might among some people, not with me.
1: So do you think Halloween will be diminished by the current wave of political correctness?
0: I think the waves come and go. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of them come and what go. What were the other waves? Well, during the in in 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween came out, and before then Halloween had been seen as kind of eerie or creepy. Yeah. But once that movie came out and it was set on Halloween and it was bloody and it was called Halloween and it came out on Halloween, Halloween and horror kind of merged and Halloween became a darker, bloodier, really? more violent. So, really
1: pri- prior to that
0: It, it was wasn't, just spooky.
1: It, it was more just skeletons in the night. And uh, what it what, could what be I'm creepy to think. but my not mother made violent. me made me from scratch a skeleton suit. She made a black suit and sewed all the bones on it. Can you believe that? God bless her soul. Yeah, good mom. We're going to concentrate on American Halloween and the customs, but it's fun to go back a little bit and just find out what was where in the deep dark re- recesses of time did Halloween come from?
0: I would say. Samhain is where we usually start. Samhain Samhain means summer's end in northwestern Europe, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. How long ago? mm, Like 1500, 2000 years. Yeah.
1: Stonehenge time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So
0: prehistoric. So um, the only reason we know about it is that Irish monks wrote down the stories that they were hearing from people around between 800 and 1100. And so that's where we get these great stories about Samhain, this time between summer and winter, around November 1st, the beginning of the dark season, when the supernatural was especially alive. It was also a time when the tribes gathered together and they brought their herds in from summer pasture. So it was kind of a gathering, almost like a Thanksgiving. You get everybody together, they played games, they had food, they had wine, they told stories, they bragged. But they also to, uh, thought a lot about the supernatural because they believed that on this night the fairy mounds, the she in Ireland, and would open up and monsters could come out of the mounds. They believed it. This is what the stories said.
1: Do you think they? I mean, they were very superstitious yeah. then. Of course, yeah. every everything, everything was really there wasn't a whole lot of science. No. And there was a whole lot of unexplained stuff. Yes. Yes. And so exactly, you got to explain it somehow. The exactly. winter comes and people die. Yes. You say, why? Why does it happen? You have, because of evil spirits. Yes. So you you mentioned prior that there was a foreboding around this time of year. They could feel it, and that has a lot to do with why uh, there's this darkness, this dark vibe around Halloween. Because winter was coming and people starved to death. It was a terrible, hard time back in the day.
0: If you didn't have enough food to get you through, February or March, it it could be really dangerous. If you were stranded in the snow, if if your animals all died, if you ran out of meat, it could be a very dark, dangerous time. And so Halloween or Samhain this time of year was kind of like a warning, watch out.
1: And of course, being superstitious, they would do stuff to try to avoid that, like appease the spirits, and some of the things that people do for Halloween come from trying to appease the spirits as I understand it?
0: Yeah, yes, yes. There, it was
1: thought that some of the, the, the trick-or-treaters really kind of represented spirits, and you had to give to them in order to appease these spirits?
0: Well, there you got you two 2,000 years ago and present. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> and that's a long, long, long line to be a direct line. So it didn't go that directly, but yeah, people were super, superstitious back then. But then the church came in, also,
1: superstitious. Yeah,
0: but um, the Catholic Church placed All Saints' Day or All Hallows' on November first, so Halloween is All Hallows' Eve. They try to capitalize
1: on, on the existing celebrations. Do you think?
0: I in Ireland, yes. There's in Ireland, uh, Samhain was such a well-known t- time. I think they put All Saints' Day on November first and All Souls' on November second, because people already marked that time of year. So it made sense to the people.
1: So I guess there were tensions between with people because there were two sort of belief systems, the pagan belief system and the, In the new post-pagan yeah. Christian belief system existing side by side but completely different.
0: But completely different, but they did share a certain uh, aesthetic when it came to Halloween because All Souls Day is when you remember you're dead right. and Samhain is about the other world. And so the church almost reinforced this idea that the dead are around at this time of year. It still exists, of course, today. That's what Day of the Dead is. And in Catholic countries throughout Europe, they're still going to the graveyards, which is what All Souls Day is all about. But then Halloween separates from the church holidays in medieval times and becomes a secular popular holiday that's the eve of the church holiday, like Mardi Gras is to Lent,
1: So, when it becomes a popular holiday, it becomes more about fun?
0: It becomes more about fun. It doesn't become about a religion. It becomes about divination. It becomes about getting together, telling stories, telling ghost stories, playing games, getting young people together. It becomes a little romantic. But it's definitely secular the night before the serious church holidays.
1: Okay. And tell me about divination a little bit. I want to actually, we can, I would like to spend a lot of time on what it is and the various ways it's done. I think it's interesting. People do it today.
0: They do it today. I think everybody wants to look into the future. Right. And and so... so divination
1: <laughs> is to divine the future.
0: It is to divine the future. What is, is going to happen to me? And because this Halloween, this Samhain time was a time when the spirits were out, and because we have the idea that the spirit world knows more than we do it was a time when you could ask them, you know, what's going to happen to me. So there were lots of games that were played on Halloween. Um, you could you could put out three bowls with three different substances, blindfold yourself, and, you know, put your hand in one. And that would say whether you're going to die a widow.
1: So will mean, they spin you around, and depending on yeah, which one you put your hand yeah. in.
0: Will you marry? Will you never marry? Will you have money? Will you be destitute will you die (laughs) this year or next or they would um
1: think of as many divinations as you can oh
0: gosh you peel an apple in one pairing and throw it over your left shoulder and it lands in the initial of the
1: person that you're going to marry that's a good one let's talk about that there's a lot of g's so you have a you peel an apple in one big peel yep all the way around all All the way way around around, around, Round, round 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 yeah and then you throw it over one shoulder yep a particular shoulder left Because people could do this, yeah, tomorrow or today. Left
0: shoulder, because that's where your heart's on you your throw, left side. You throw it
1: with your left hand or your right hand. Do you know?
0: Either hand is fine.
1: Okay, over your left shoulder. Why the left
0: shoulder? Heart, left side.
1: Okay. And then it goes on. It lands on the ground, and you look at it and try to divine what what initial. It's-
0: the initial of the person that you will marry.
1: Okay. Okay. That's a pretty good one. I think good, that's a good party game if, if you're all a little bit a little bit uh, buzzed, I think. Okay. then the there were n-
0: spookier ones that, that um, these, these came down over many hundred years so they got they got um, different over time. But uh, late 1800s, you could light a candle and walk down your cellar stairs with a mirror in one hand and the candle in the other. When you got into the pitch black cellar, You put the mirror in front and then you put the candle in front and you see the face of your future spouse in the mirror. So someone's looking
1: over your shoulder. So I have to go through that again. (laughs) You have a mirror and a candle. Yep. You go down to a pitch black cellar.
0: Yep. Put the mirror in front of you. Light the candle. I get down
1: there, light the candle.
0: And the image of... Turn out the light. There's no light. The candle's the only light.
1: Oh, so how do you get down there? It's totally dark.
0: Yeah, it's you dangerous. To, okay,
1: <laughs> you can't light the candle before you go down. So, do you I use suppose the, you could do use that? Use the candle. If I want to do this, I, safety first. Okay, you get down there. You you have the candle lit and a mirror, and you do what?
0: You look into the mirror, and you should see over your left shoulder the image of the face of the person that you will marry. Really, have you done this? I have not done this, but I mean, part of this is—I mean, these you can find in in Scotland in the 1700s because. <laughs> so. People would fool each other. You know, you'd send someone down to do that, and there'd be a, a, a guy, you know, who would pop oh, up right, face right. in the mirror.
1: I see. Okay. <laughs> but I guess there's something about a mirror and candlelight that yes. you, spo- you might imagine yes. to look at it long enough, some face.
0: Exactly. All exactly. Right. Dumb suppers. Um, you set a table. Dumb supper? Dumb supper. You set a table. D-U-M-B? Yeah. You can't speak. You can't speak. Dumb supper. And if you you do it right, you set the table. You have to do everything backwards. And then if you do it right and you wait until midnight on Halloween, you set an empty place and a ghost should come in the door and sit down at the empty place. People did that in this country.
1: That's cool. You know, uh, that would seem to be a real rich... Subject for a book, unless oh, somebody's already done it, unless a lot of people have done it. Divination, Divination. All, uh, all these divinations and the histories of them—is that something you might think of?
0: I've I've thought of that before. It's a good idea. It's rich. Mm-hmm.
1: Talking about Halloween, Halloween lovers, this is this is your time of year, and we're speaking with Leslie Banatine, and uh, primarily now about the uh, the customs in the United States and the history of Halloween in the United States. But divination is a a big thing. It's been a part of Halloween. It was was in Europe. It still is here. It's great for Halloween celebrations. And there are all kinds of divination. Divination is how you divine something. You see the future. And it can be related to wealth, health, love, whatever you like. But there are lots of interesting things that you can do to divine the future, and we're go, we're getting into some of those. We we uh, let's recap with dumb supper. I like dumb supper. It, explain dumb supper again.
0: Well, you have to set the table in complete silence. Can't say a word. Okay. Has to be Halloween. Has to be close to midnight.
1: So you can't do it Halloween Eve, like the thirty-one. You have to do it close to midnight on the first.
0: No, it, on the thirty. 30- Close to midnight of the 31st. Okay. Halloween so,
1: night. So, tonight.
0: T- tomorrow night. Okay. Tomorrow night.
1: Well, this is the this is already the 31st now. Oh,
0: you're right.
1: Which is always con- confusing. Passed, yeah, already,
0: okay. Oh, so, you're right. Tonight. So technically tonight. Tonight.
1: Okay. And it approaches midnight, and you set a table in silence. You can't silence. say a word. Okay.
0: No, that's the dumb part. Okay. <laughs> Not a word. Um, you have to do things backwards walk backwards, put the plate backwards, put the silverware backwards, set an empty place, sit down, light a candle, and wait, and someone should come in. Now, I've heard stories from people in the American South who have done this, who have written stories about their experiences where they say the door blew open.
1: Okay, so not necessarily someone you actually see not a flesh and blood That's someone. That's what
0: you're hoping for, but no.
1: But you might just get a sign.
0: You might get a sign. A breeze.
1: It might feel cold. Yeah. Now, is this somebody from the future, the past, the present? Any of the above?
0: Probably someone who has passed on.
1: So, after you set the table and sit down, you still are quiet? You can't talk? No talking. But do you eat? You can eat. You can eat.
0: You put out things. If you're, if you're looking for someone specific, like someone you love who has passed away... You put out things they like to eat.
1: <laughs> okay. Dumb supper, people. <laughs> I like that. I think it'd be difficult to do everything backwards. Yeah. Because if you fail to do everything backwards, then that ruins the spell. And there you go. And you, it'd be really hard to do everything backwards. Like, you couldn't set down a spoon like that you how do you set down a spoon i think
0: it's the plates mostly that you're talking about setting things as you're walking around the table you have to walk backwards backwards yes walking backwards. but you can
1: set things down straightforward yeah yeah okay
0: yeah hard to tell if a plate is forwards or backwards
1: okay but you have to point the knife the other way and the fork the other way like the round part of the spoon towards you
0: no (laughs) it the place settings are okay you just have to move backwards while you're doing
1: it so you set the table normally
0: Yes, but you're moving backwards. You just walk backwards. Yes.
1: Okay. I would think you'd need to set the table backwards. That'd be better. Have the knife and everything pointing better. the way. It might work better. It might work better. You can't hurt.
0: There's a long tradition of um, setting an extra place on Halloween because so much of it is about, or used to be about, wanting to make contact with those who have gone before you. Yeah. And so, putting an extra chair by the fire, leaving a door open. Leaving, leaving food out on the counter for your loved one to come, come get. Long history of that. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Other forms of divination. Future in the wind. Did you tell me that?
0: They thought there's um, in Appalachia, there was a folklore that came from that part of the country that said that on Halloween night, if you walk to the crossroads, a lot happens in the crossroads. Any crossroads? Any crossroads. And listen, you could hear the future whispered in the wind.
1: So you go to a crossroads and you listen.
0: That's right. Got to do it at midnight on Halloween, though. Midnight
1: on Halloween. (laughs) Probably alone. (laughs) And you might hear somebody say something. Yeah. Basically, you hear a sound and then in your mind, you make it something. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Kale. Kale. A lot of this comes from Ireland, Scotland. Yeah. Northern England. Well, Northern England, too? Sure. Okay. Yep. And kale, I didn't realize kale was a big was a Scottish staple. That's where kale is from. I didn't know that.
0: Well, there's certainly kale there. And at the end of the end of the growing season, the kale is kind of done. And so people would go out into the fields and pick up um, a kale, pull it out of the ground. It's got a long stalk or a root on it. And if the root was bent, And twisted, it was an indication that your future spouse would also be bent and twisted. If it had a lot of dirt on it, it meant the guy you would marry would be rich.
1: Dirt meant money. Money. Okay.
0: If it was straight and strong, young, healthy. So they would just kind of predict or divine traits of the future spouse. So how does
1: it work? It's windy and you pull up a stock and throw it?
0: (laughs) Nope, you just look at it.
1: You pull it up and... The
0: shape of it tells you what's going to happen.
1: But don't you have a choice over which one you choose?
0: Well, you do. You choose one. And you pull up one with a lot of dirt. Good for you.
1: Oh, I see. You're you going to be So rich. you're looking at the part underneath the ground. Yeah,
0: you have to pull it out.
1: Kale is... it? Is, is kale underneath the ground? Thing? No,
0: kale is leaves. But you're talking but about the roots. It's got a long root.
1: Okay, the root.
0: Yeah, it's got a long...
1: Kale root. Okay. Yeah. Nuts. You monkey t- nuts. Have you heard of monkey nuts? When I did my research, that monkey nuts was a th- part of Halloween. Maybe.
0: Could be. I'll something. have to look it up. Yeah, me okay, too.
1: Okay, just, just nuts.
0: Nuts, like um, hazelnuts or chestnuts. Okay, hazelnuts are Chestnut. big on
1: Halloween. And so are apples.
0: And so are chestnuts. Okay. And so you take um, a fire, fireplace, if you've got one, and you put two nuts on the grate. And you name one for yourself and one for the person that you're really interested in and you watch and, and you can divine by how they burn what your relationship is going to be like if they pop split and, and, and go away, go from, away each other. from each other that's the end of it if they burn solidly side by side then that's you go good,
1: ahead and ask the girl out yeah
0: yeah
1: these are all things you can do friends next molten wax yes candle wax
0: candle wax Big bowl of water, light a candle, get it nice and drippy. And then when you've got a lot of wax built up there. Melted wax? Melted wax. Like the flame is burning and it's melting in the top of the candle. Then you tip the candle into the bowl of water. The wax will hit the water and form shapes. And then you can divine whatever you're looking for. Um, what's my future profession?
1: So you, you know. say, uh, will I make a lot of money? And you look at the shape of the candle and think. The candle wax, you can, and
0: you think, "Oh, what does that look like?" Oh, it looks like a boat. Well, maybe I'm. Oh, it looks like a vacation. boat. I will have a yacht. Yeah, or it looks like a flower. Okay, I'm going to be a florist. Or okay, I'm going to a funeral.
1: Now, molten metal is more involved. This, it is it's harder but to yeah. melt metal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's not as readily available. But it's the same idea. When the metal hits the water, it makes a shape.
1: Now, can you? Explain to me tarot. Are you you've got to be pretty well versed in tarot.
0: I I've had my tarot work? cards read. I don't
1: even know how it works. Hel- help me out. It comes from the Roma, right? The, the that's what I read. The, the so-called yeah. gypsies. Mm-hmm. And I, strangely, I while I was doing the research for you, a thing popped up about the Wild West. Twenty images that. Re- Beautiful or shocking images about the real Wild West, and as it happened, one of the photos was of a Roma, or person from Romania, who were known as gypsies. And tarot cards, tarot was a thing in the Wild Wild in the Wild West,
0: and yeah, and with Roma, yeah,
1: I'm supposed at the saloons that the tarot readers would would operate. I'm guessing
0: it could be all right it could be i know you choose the cards you who are getting your cards read you must choose the cards so you you've got some sort of agency there okay and so depending on what you choose and
1: finally on divination folks you probably forgot about the ouija board can you i never believed in it can you explain how it's supposed to work
0: you're supposed to have divine guidance when you put your fingers very lightly.
1: More than on, one person.
0: More than one person. You've got your fingertips on the planchette in the middle of the board. It spells out words. What would you
1: call it in the middle of the board?
0: The planchette. I think that's what you call the...
1: Really? It's a plastic thing kind of shaped like a teardrop, like yes, a pointer. Yes,
0: exactly. With a
1: clear thing near the tip.
0: With a clear circle in it, yes. And the circle stops on letters as it moves, as it slides around the board. Now, I've seen people do it where it slides like a devil. I mean, it slides really quickly and spells out whole sentences. Um, Don't you think it's fake? I've never got it to work for me.
1: People, I will ask you, folks, 617-254, do you believe in the Ouija board or not? I would really love to take that poll tonight. Some people do. Do you believe in, well, the Ouija board for now? Yeah, I've done it, and it always seems stupid. Not, It didn't move at all. And then it's like, if someone is moving, if it's moving, then obviously somebody's moving. It would, is the idea that like, you're not supposed to rest your arms and you touch it lightly. It, it, just a human being can't, you know, they start to shake a little bit from holding your arms up. Is that the idea? And if you have multiple people doing this and multiple, their arms are in multiple directions, that it's going to, take some very it, random It's going to move, path. yeah.
0: It's going to move. And and maybe there's a little subconscious involved in it, too. I don't know.
1: Right. I am I gotta say, I don't believe anyone, anyone at all believe. Let's take a break and actually get into a little more detail on Halloween in the United States. With lucky
0: landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry. Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, let's get into the the American Halloween in some detail. I can't imagine that the the Puritans were the first... People over here, as so I understand, and I can't imagine they would be into it because it involved, at least as we know it now, dressing up. And they just were not into dressing up; they were just gray clothing. So it, they didn't bring it over, did they? It came later. No,
0: no, 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 no. They didn't. Um, they wouldn't. They didn't even celebrate Christmas. I mean, there's no way they didn't bring any of those were, Catholic holidays. They were plenty holidays. superstitious.
1: They were the people that, you know, did hung witches. They did. So, they
0: did. yeah. They saw Satan and the devil everywhere. But um, they, they didn't came... need
1: no stinking Halloween yeah, to see the devil.
0: Yeah, they they came here to get away from the church of the Pope. Okay. <laughs> so, um, All Saints and All Souls, Halloween, they, those are Catholic. Okay. So, no, no, no. Um, it really came to this country after the Civil War. And it was a perfect storm of three things. One was that almost every family had lost some man in the war and a brother a son a husband and not only did they lose them they weren't even sure where they were so many people who died in the civil war their bodies were never found and so there was a great unknowing and people at that point got very interested in ghosts and you talk about seances at this point you know that this is where seances became really interesting for Americans because they wanted to know. They were trying to ask the spirit world, where is my husband?
1: And uh, as my understanding that there are significant ghost tours and the Civil War battle sites yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: they, they, they seem to be pretty haunted down there. But one was the American interest in ghosts at that time. The second thing was, was uh, purely commerce. Uh, printing got really cheap. There was an explosion of magazines and newspapers, all looking for content. Um, and the third thing is that Americans were interested in exotic places. This is where we were discovering the pyramids and Fiji. And at that point, Highland Scotland was just about as exotic as Fiji or Borneo to Americans. And there were a lot of articles about Scotland in the newspapers and magazines in Ireland. And about Halloween, this holiday that they celebrated with all these divinations and games and witches and ghosts. And those three things lined up, the love of ghosts, the reading about it in newspapers, and the fact that it was exotic. And Americans thought, this is great. Let's have a Halloween-themed party. And that's how it started here.
1: How did the American trick-or-treat come to be?
0: kids were out playing pranks on halloween that's what it was about so it was
1: just about tricks at first it was absolutely
0: it's like it's about tricks it's halloween we're going to
1: wreck yeah. we're going to vandalize something yes
0: there was a lot of it and the and the vandalism was was wild i mean they would put soap on trolley tracks and try to crash trains they would put tar on the principal's house black paint it was it was kind of getting out of hand in around the 20s and the 30s and so the community th- was trying a number of different things to get the kids indoors and in the light on Halloween night. And uh, one of the things they tried was neighborhoods banding together and handing out candy. And trick-or-treating was kind of an adaptation, a way to get kids occupied so they wouldn't be out doing mischief. If they were banging on your door and demanding something and you wouldn't give it to them, and then they would egg your car, or yeah. paint your house, it was like, okay, okay. Here's some candy.
1: I thought it was probably, started out as uh, just vandalism, but then the trick-or-treating would come in and say, you know what, why wreck this person's house? What we can do is extort some candy out of them in exchange for not wrecking their place.
0: Essentially, yeah. And a lot of people did see it as extortion. Okay. It took a while to to get popular.
1: Tell the story of the Jack O'Lantern.
0: This was, uh, the carved pumpkin was in this country before Halloween, it was a trick. It was something that kids would do in the dark of autumn when there were pumpkins in the field, carve them up, light them up. But then they'd hang hang them on the end of a stick and hold them in front of someone's window at night and then scare the bejesus out of them and run away. So it was a trick. It was called the pumpkin trick. It was really well known. Lots of kids did it. And the fact that something was there and then disappeared is where it got its name because a jack-o'-lantern is really a light that appears and disappears. So the pumpkin trick became known as the jack-o'-lantern.
1: In my research about the European version, I read that very early on, instead of a jack-o'-lantern, it was a turnip. Yes. And and, it had, and the light was the, some, the, the soul of somebody. The light was the soul, and he put it in his turnip because it right. kept it from blowing out. Right, right. And then right. later on, you know, turn a pumpkin. That was, um, we had a lot of pumpkins instead yeah, of yeah
0: That's a, <laughs> a story of Jack who outwits the devil. And uh, he's cruel to the devil, so he goes to hell when he dies, and the devil says, I don't want you here. And he throws a lump of coal at Jack, and Jack puts it in his turnip and wanders forever. This wandering light is a jack-o'-lantern. That's what it is. And so this pumpkin trick that appears and disappears became known as a jack-o'-lantern.
1: Okay. I, the, one other form of divination was they would stick stuff in cakes. Yes. And they would randomly give out pieces of the cake. Yes. And the, you know, you if you got a ring, they would. One of the things would be a ring, and if you got that ring, you would be married, etc. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Was that? That's bar. They,
0: you could put it in barnbrack. That's even, what I wanted to. Yeah.
1: I wanted you to say the word barnbrack. What it is. <laughs> and so tell them what barnbrack is.
0: It's kind of like a fruit cake. Um, you know, it's a it's a dense loaf cake, and you could bake pennies into it, or rings, or nuts, or anything that would symbolize a future. And you get a slice with a penny in it, you're gonna get rich.
1: By the way, monkey nuts are simply peanuts in their shells in Ireland and Scotland. Scotland. I didn't know That's that. Something you learned there. You learned something today. And is there any significance of bobbing for apples, or is that just because there are a lot of apples around? Just a game. I th- I heard that apples are, so it's just like uh, wild, uh, nuts associated with s- spiritual things.
0: That's right. And and those were what was around in the late fall. So you, that's why you see all the divination comes from apples, nuts.
1: So you're kind of an expert on, you know, what you think about Halloween a lot. Do you have a favorite Halloween movie? Just curious.
0: I love Hocus Pocus. What's that
1: Hocus Pocus? That's
0: the middler one. I've never seen that. Oh. A funny? It's funny. It's great. Hocus Pocus? It is.
1: And the scary one for you all time is?
0: Exorcist. But I think that had to do with when I saw it, and it was my first.
1: It was your first, first and because you were young? Yeah. All right. Happy Halloween, everyone.